Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Duke Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Good morning, good uh, good day, hello, how are you, howdy. It is the Michael Dukes Show, it is the Wednesday edition of the big radio program. Hi, and uh, good morning to you here as we jump into things uh, local, state, and more across the uh the big state of Alaska right here on the Michael Duke Show, where you'll find us uh, on the internet at michaeldukeshow.com each and every morning. You can find links to the audio-only podcast, the uh, uh, the audio-only live stream, and, of course, links to all our social media sites on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, where we simulcast the radio show each and every morning right here. And also, of course, broadcasting live across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. Good morning. It's uh, <clears throat> it's it's time. It's time to dive into it and to uh, get into some of the headlines and discussions and talking points for, uh, you know, for for. For the week, let's uh, let's get into it and figure things out and talk about stuff. Uh, we are going to cover a lot of the headlines here this morning in hour one. We're going to talk a little bit uh, more about uh, the latest on the Alaska Airlines and the Boeing 737 MAX situation, which is affecting a lot of people here in the state of Alaska and across the country, uh, and will continue to do so. We're also going to talk about um, the renaming of the Port of Anchorage to honor Don Young, which has gotten a lot. I mean, people get wrapped up in things sometimes, and it just kind of boggles my mind that these are the things that we're worrying about. But, I mean, it's uh, it's it's getting done. Uh, we'll also talk about the push to try and increase the minimum wage here in the state of Alaska yet again. Uh, and finally, we'll also go over some of the priorities and some of the new bills that have been put uh, forward already that are pre-filed for the legislative session, which starts just less than a week. Uh, it'll be starting this next Tuesday. And now we've seen some more of the pre-filed bills that are coming in. And um, uh, we've got some I got some questions. I got some comments and some questions on that. Then in hour two, we're going to dive into it with State Senator Mike Schauer, who will be joining us to give us his thoughts <clears throat> on the upcoming legislative session and where he thinks it's all going from here. What's happening uh, with it here in the next, uh, uh, you know, four months, five months, six months, I don't know how many months. Uh, it's supposed to be 120 days, 121 days, but we'll we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Uh, I mean, it's an election season, so it's it's a good bet that they'll try and get out of there on time this year because it benefits them. Uh, God, I sound so cynical, right? I mean, it's only January the 10th that I've already kind of lost my happy thought for the year. 
Um, not really, but it, it just feels like I feels like I was going to try and be so positive this whole year. And it's January 10th and I already feel like I'm a grumpy old man. <clears throat> That's the I mean, I got the old man part down. I got that. I got that. Uh, I got that thing. I got it done. All right. Um, all right. So we're going to um, we're going to continue to uh, to to hit on these things and go through this. And uh, I hope you will. Uh, I hope you'll stick with us here this morning as we go through all this kind of stuff and see what's uh, what's happening. Uh, feel free to join us out on the uh, internet if you've got time this morning. If you'd like to participate, it's another way to participate in the show, and that is in the chat room, which uh, is available on YouTube or it's available on Facebook. Either one of those, uh, you can go in there and you can uh, uh, join a bunch of the other listeners that are. Hanging out with us this morning and talking about things and listening, and uh, I'd love to hear what you guys uh, love to hear what you guys have to say. We get a chance <clears throat> during the commercial breaks to catch up and chat a little bit about stuff. Sometimes stuff that we're not even talking about on the radio. Uh, and there's always always something good in there. Always something good. So feel free to feel free to dial it up. Facebook.com/slash Michael Duke Show/slash Live if you want to be part of it right away. That's how you uh, that's how you do it here this morning. Okay, <clears throat> so where do we get started? Um, I guess we should start off with uh, the story about the uh, the seven thirty seven Max nine jets. Uh, now this is interesting. Now Alaska, of course, pretty unique in its situation here. The only other state in the union that's as dependent or more so on air travel than uh, than Alaska is, of course, Hawaii. Um, but, uh, we're seeing some seriously serious, uh, some concerning issues. Let's put it that way. The, uh, FAA has now extended the grounding of some of the 737 MAX 9 and uh, MAX jetliners. They've taken all the nines offline, essentially adding pressure to Boeing and one of their subcontractors. Um, the subcontractor that makes uh, the fuselage uh, and inst- installs the panel on the fuselage that uh, blocks one of the exit rows that uh, are not being used if the plane doesn't have enough seats in it. Uh, <clears throat> investigators now know the sequence of events that led to the blowout on Friday night, but they don't know the cause. A key question is whether the bolts that were used to help secure the panel, called a door plug, were installed. The NTSB investigators say the bolts have not been recovered, and the agency won't know if they were even in place until the door plug is examined at a laboratory. According to, uh, well, adding to Boeing's problems, Alaska Airlines and United Airlines, the two U.S. carriers that fly the MAX 9, reported after the updated and uh, intensified inspections required by the NTSB and the FAA, they reported finding loose bolts and other hardware in other panels. (laughs) So reassuring. Uh, Suggesting quality issues with the door plugs may not be limited to just one aircraft. The plugs are installed in MAX 9 fuselages by a subcontractor called Spirit Aerosystems, which is actually a subcontractor, but it's a subsidiary of Boeing. They actually spun off from Boeing back in 2005 
Unfortunately, Spirit has a history of manufacturing problems, many uncovered in a U.S. House probe of two fatal crashes involving Boeing 737 MAX 8 airplanes. Um, there, This has led uh, some of the investigating committee to say that the focus really needs to turn to Spirit Aerospace, that Boeing has been happy with the crappy stuff from Spirit because apparently it's cheap. Um, the uh, process of inspecting MAX 9s and returning them to service has been slower than Alaska and United had hoped. Again, uh, the FAA had grounded all MAX 9s in the U.S. on Saturday, uh, but Boeing didn't provide inspection instructions until Monday. Uh, on Tuesday, yesterday, the FAA said those instructions were being revised because of feedback and extended the grounding of the plane. That, of course, in turn has led to additional turmoil. Uh, United said yesterday that it canceled 170 flights because of grounding. Alaska said it scrubbed 109 flights, which, <clears throat> again, being the fact that we are pretty dependent on air travel to get anywhere out of the state it, without going through a foreign country, uh, it's a, it's a, it's an issue. It's uh, it's definitely an issue. Uh, during the briefing on late Monday, NTSB officials described how the plug on Alaska Flight 1282 rolled up and flew off the plane. Apparently, there's four bolts that are supposed to prevent the door from rolling up and then 12 connecting points where they're supposedly connect the plug and the door to the frame and everything else. And that it just they don't know exactly what's going on. Now, it's not clear whether Spirit Aerosystems or Boeing technicians last worked on the door plug, which could be open for maintenance. Uh, it's said, according to the FAA, that it was unlikely that Alaska Airlines themselves, their maintenance crew, worked on the plug because this plane was brand spanking new. They literally took delivery of this plane in late October. It had its first commercial flight in November. So this plane is like th less than three months old. And uh, and this happened, which uh, is not raising, <clears throat> it's just not raising my confidence level in what's going on with Boeing. Now, this is going to obviously put more pressure on Boeing. The new CEO, David Calhoun, was brought in to help the company get past the crises created by the MAX 8 crashes, which we talked about previously. So far during his tenure, Boeing has lost $23 billion and struggled with manufacturing flaws, uh, which, I, I mean, come on, people. Come, come, come on. This is, uh, this is crazy stuff. No one was hurt aboard that uh, Friday incident where the, uh, where the, the door plug got sucked off uh, of the airplane, uh, but it is a wake-up call for Boeing and regulators to act uh, before something worse happens. Uh, some former Boeing employees and outsiders who've examined the company say its safety record and culture have degraded after a 1997 merger that left many McDonnell Douglas leaders in charge. Um, and Spirit Aerosystems record is likely to also come under more scrutiny. Um, it's th this is <clears throat> it's it's really, uh, you know, that that really a, a tough situation. Uh, shares of Boeing fell 1% on Tuesday, a day after they plunged 8%. Um, as Aer Aerosys, Spirit Aerosystems uh, lost 11% of its value 
on Monday. And this is, I don't know if it's poor design, sloppy work or whatever, but this is an airplane traveling at 500 and something miles an hour <clears throat> with a bunch of people on board. I think that they may want to, uh, you know, pay a little bit closer attention to what's going on here. So if you're traveling, <clears throat> expect delays. That's all I'm saying. Expect some delays and, uh, you may want to you may want to say a little prayer on the way by because this thing is. I mean, brand spanking new airplane. <clears throat> Hardly anybody broke the leather in it except for them. That's astonishing. Uh, and I, I'm just, you know, I mean, I've never been afraid to fly. Never been afraid to fly. But even I might climb on board there and go, "Where's the exit row? Can I sit away from that as far as possible?" And then make sure I'm strapped in. Oof, man, what a wild ride that must have been. I can't, I can't even imagine at this point. Um, I want to, I just don't even know. Uh, yeah, some people in the chat room are like, um, I don't think I want to fly anytime soon. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you on that. I am, I'm, I'm definitely, definitely with you on that. I'm glad I'm not flying anytime soon on this situation. All right, we got more coming up, including the tussle over the port of Anchorage on, of all things, the naming rights. Uh, well, not the naming rights, but what should the name be? And I just find it, well, I don't know if I should say entertaining. I find it interesting, the things that we are literally fighting over these days. We'll be back. Um with more in just a moment, the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Base, Free Thinking Radio. We'll return with more right after this. Senator Mike Shower coming up in hour two. We'll return right after this. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Um, <clears throat> let me see what... Um... What are you talking about here? Um, I didn't even see that story. I uh, didn't even see that story there, Brian. Thank you for the heads up on it. Um, um, why we pick this fight? Interesting. Um, huh. Well, that has, that's a interesting, we're going to get, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll get to that. Okay. Um, thank you, Brian, for the heads up on the Lyman Hoffman story. I hadn't even seen, I didn't even see that story. Okay. 
which is why it's nice to have you guys with me every morning because, you know, you're the smartest people in the world. First, for listening to this program. That's not self-serving at all. And also, of course, for helping me stay on top of things that I miss. I love it. I love it. Okay. Zero degrees. Yeah, no, it's a little crispy this morning. I mean, it was like, you know, 27 degrees the other day, and now it's uh, three degrees. I was like, you heard my, probably heard my, I'm going to turn it back on during the commercial break because my studio was a little, uh, my studio was a little chilly this morning. No direct heat in the studio. And so I got in here this morning. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, Chris says, not a fan of flying. Not even our little planes from Seldovia. We go by boat. Well, yeah, it's uh, one of those things. Um, six here in North Palmer. It's supposed to get, um, it's supposed to get uh, down into the minus 2030s in Fairbanks. Fort Yukon's supposed to be like highs of 38 below or something, 47 below on the lows. It's, uh, it just can't make up its mind. That's the thing. It just can't make up its mind. Minus 15 degrees right now, 20, minus 24 with wind chills, says Jeffrey, uh, up in uh, Fairbanks right now. Remember that? Remember the one top came off the plane at Wave in Hawaiian? Yeah, that was the convertible Hawaiian Airlines. That was, <laughs> that was the convertible airplane that had the top come off. That was horrible. I mean, that was, they lost a couple people. They lost a flight attendant and somebody else. I know that she got sucked right out of the airplane. It peeled up like right above her and she was gone. Uh, oh, that's a hell of a way to go. Man, just think about that for a minute. Um, yeah. But again, statistically, air travel, still the safest way to pretty much go anywhere. <laughs> Jack says, I have to fly Thursday night to Oklahoma City. Not helping. Sorry, Jack. Sorry. Sorry, 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 sorry. Okay. Um, all right. I think I'm caught up. think I'm caught up here this morning. Uh, good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, good morning to everybody. I saw Bill. Bill, how'd your procedure go? I hope your back is feeling better. I ended up... <clears throat> I'll tell you a story. I ended up uh, spending four hours at the dentist yesterday. I broke one of my teeth. And uh, yikes, man. My whole face hurts this morning. <laughs> four hours in the chair yesterday, and I'm like, ugh. Oh. Uh, anyway, all good now. It's all good. Um, all right. It was a Boeing 737 in 1988. That was the convertible Hawaiian Airlines thing. Um, <clears throat> was I in a fight? Yes. Fight for my life. No, I was in a fight. Um, just apparently my teeth getting old. Uh, bit on the wrong thing at the wrong point. That's what does it every time. All right, here we go. Jumping back into it. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense. Liberty-based. Free-thinking radio. Like, share, subscribe, ring the bell. Let's do it.
Okay. Okay. Welcome back. Uh, it is uh, the Wednesday edition of the Michael Duke Show. State Senator, State Senator, State Senator, State Senator Mike Shower is going to be joining us in hour two. Uh, right now, we're going over some of the headlines that are going on around the state. Talked about, I just went through that whole story, and then there's a bunch of people in the chat room who said, well, i got to fly in the next couple days. You're not helping me. I'm sorry. I just just wanted you to make a just wanted you to make an informed decision before you decided to climb on an airplane. You know, it amazes me how far politics, I mean, you know, divided as we are across this country on so many things. Um, I like to think that there is, I, w- I would like to think personally for myself in interpersonal relationships that there's nobody that I couldn't get along with, regardless of what their political views are, that we can always find some kind of common ground on something. But man, it is just in everything we do. Um, and uh, it, it's it's pretty astonishing. Uh, but the city of Anchorage, the municipality, which it's a first-class city, so it's a it's a it's a borough municipality, uh, all wrapped up into one. Um, and uh, unlike most of the places in Alaska where the boroughs around the cities are second-class boroughs, An- Anchorage it's a first-class borough, so that means it's all one and done. It's the borough and the city all wrapped up into one. So they have a they have the assembly, the municipal assembly, and. You know, they take the cake uh, over the last couple of years for this infighting, for this, uh, you know, this this polarization that we're seeing, this divisiveness. You know, of course, uh, the backlash started when the citizens, who I think in a lot of ways were getting sick and tired of some of the things that were happening in the city, uh, decided to hire a or elect uh, a, a mayor that was, you know, kind of on the right leaning conservative side, Dave Bronson. And that's just touched off so much. It's just so much. It's just a continuous fight. We were talking here, was it last week or the week before, about all these ads that you're seeing on YouTube and everything else about, you know, Mayor Bronson is just bad for, I mean, it started. You know, this is like people outside the city are seeing this kind of stuff. It's just, it's an attack, attack, attack. Well, but they can fight about the damnedest things. So the Anchorage Assembly, since March of 2021, no, 2022, has been deciding uh, whether or not to rename the Port of Alaska, formerly the Port of Anchorage, now the Port of Alaska, to rename it after the late U.S. Representative Don Young. And the stories in both the ADN and the KTUU go over this and talk about it. And, I mean, this thing reads like some kind of just – it's like Mr. Smith goes to Washington saga of, oh, it's this and that. Some members have wanted to postpone the decision. They've already postponed it apparently a couple of times through procedural, you know, issues and everything else. Some members on Tuesday night wanted to postpone the decision until February or March – so then the mayor sounds off and he gets upset about it. Uh, they they He vetoes it because they passed that to begin with. Then he vetoes it. Then they don't have enough votes to override the veto. And it just goes on and on and on. Now, I guess, should I should I throw my two cents in? Should I should I do that? 
I mean, it is my show. I suppose I should be able to do that. I don't care. I mean, I just really, how much is it going to cost to rebrand the whole port of Alaska to now be the Don Young port of Alaska? How much is that going to cost us to put up the name up in lights and redo all the letterhead and the business cards and, you know, the website? And I mean, how, what, I mean, what, what, it's, it's the self-aggrandizement. I mean, it's not, that's not the right way to put it because I don't think it's, I don't, it's not Don Young specifically calling back from the grave and saying, name it after me or else. But I mean, who who cares what a building, a facility, a, 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 a piece of – who cares what it's called? I mean, I guess it's an honor. Um, I had always uh, – you know, one of the greatest men in my life, personally, I felt like, was my grandfather um, uh, who was, you know, from Fairbanks. Uh, um, I mean, I, I would have – if you would ask me, you know, to name a building, I probably would have named it after my grandfather because he had such an impact on my life. But other than that, that's the only time – I mean, who cares if you go to Ted Stevens International Airport or just Anchorage International Airport, right? I mean, what is it – what is it – but these people, two years – They've been fighting over this, and I'm in. And some of it's ideological. Uh, they don't mention it in the. Uh, I don't mention. They don't mention it in the ADN article. But let me go over to the KTUU article because um, they make a comment about that in there. Uh, in there that it looks like it's more about. Um, that it's more symbolic. Uh, what What did he say? They basically said. Um, uh, oh, I'm trying to find it. Anyway, they basically say uh, that, you know, some people liked him, some people didn't like him. That this may have been more about personality or politics than anything else. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's that's almost everything these days. Is mean, we're renaming. So first of all, I would just say. If I was on an assembly and they put this up in front of me, my first question would be, how much is it going to cost to do this? I mean, whether I liked the person or not, we're going to name it after you, Dukes. Well, first of all, why? Second of all, how much is that going to cost? And does that even make sense? It's, I mean, I just, I just don't even know. And uh, it's, it's. It doesn't does it really matter. Is that I mean, OK, great. People now in the future knows that he did. Don Young will always be synonymous with Alaska. You cannot be a congressman for a state for 40 plus, and be the only congressman for a state and be, you know, be there for 44 plus years and not have your name inexorably tied, inexorably tied with the rest of the state. And. You know, I, I great. It's an honorific. Who, who? And I'm not trying to be mean. Not trying to be mean, but who care? When I first heard about this, I'm like, really? Don't you guys have? Don't you guys have other things to be worried about? Oh, don't worry though. Don't worry. After the assembly finally approved the name change to the port, 
on a vote of 10 to 2 with uh, Meg Zalatel and um, uh, Bronga. What's her last name? Karen Bronga. After they voted against it, and they're the ones that have been really postponing that more than anything else. Um, don't worry. They got down to the heady business of what the assembly really needs to do. The top priority for the next couple of assembly meetings is uh, getting bond proposals approved to be put on the ballot because they need more money. <laughs> so, so they got ballot initiative questions that are, they're, you know, funding for public safety improvements, road and storm drain capital projects, parks and rec service area improvements, area-wide public safety, transit improvements, the bathrooms. Don't forget about the bathrooms for the homeless at half a million dollars apiece. I mean, all that stuff. That's that's the important stuff. So they, they eventually got... But I, I just, again, to me, this would have been, okay, well, if you got to do it, just do it and get it over with. Right? I mean, why have we been fighting? How much of the Assembly's time has been burned up in the last two years going over this? Because it's been nearly two... It's March. Two years ago, March. So, for the last 22 months... You guys have been fighting this thing and rolling over it and going over it and doing it. It just makes no sense whatsoever why they would fight over this kind of stuff. Uh, because in the in the long run, I mean, who really cares? I mean, do you care as a listener? Do you, as an Alaskan, care that whether a, a port or a building or an airport or a uh, you know an office building or something is named for someone or not? To me, it just makes no sense whatsoever. And then one of my listeners this morning hit me up with this story. Speaking of the Port of Alaska. Um, and I had not even, I, I don't think I'd even heard of this. A powerful state senator from Bethel introduced a bill last year for the state to take over Anchorage's port, where most of the physical stuff shipped to Alaska arrives. Something like 85 or 90 percent of all physical goods coming into the state are coming through the port of Anchorage, port of Alaska. But Lyman Hoffman, the bill's unofficial sponsor, has uh, would have a, a different take on it. They would have the state take ownership of the port of Alaska, taking the infrastructure away from the city and giving it to the state, potentially through eminent domain. Now, so far, he hasn't said anything publicly about this bill. He just filed it. And that was eight months ago. The legislature is now gearing up for its next session. And according to KTOO, Anchorage officials are still in the dark about why state lawmakers would want to pick this fight. This, the chair of the assembly, Chris Constant, says the state's going to do what the state's going to do, and it's going to be the legal fight of the century when we demand that they provide consideration for the taking. If they, in fact, move on that goal, it's going to be a very interesting fight. So apparently they're already geared up and ready to go. Um, the state Senate spent 14 seconds last May introducing the bill for the port takeover, and it was referred to two committees. Um, and that was the entirety of the public discussion that the legislature had about the bill. But apparently it got somebody's attention. So, you know, it's just one of those things. Um, Assemblymember Meg Zalatel, who chairs the local committee that oversees the port, 
Uh, she invited Senator Hoffman to discuss it in her committee in November. One of Hoffman's staffers told her in an email that they weren't ready. Uh, then, then senator for then staff for the senator's office said no one would be available to interview for the story in KTUU until the legislature goes back in session. Um, the bill says the cash-strapped state would pick up the legal cost to continue fighting the case over the botched expansion of the project. Uh, the tra- that's the that was the uh, the trial court judge has decided back in 2022 that the feds owe the city more than 367 million dollars to try and fix some of the uh, problems at the port. Um, but the question is why? Why would the state need to take over more? Of the, you know, why? Nobody seems to know. It's a big, it's a big fat question mark as to why the, uh, why the state should take over the Port of Anchorage. Not that I'm saying that the city is doing, <clears throat> you know, a bang, I, I'm kind of ambivalent. I mean, whether it's good or bad. Uh, I mean, my question is why, if there's a need for it, why don't we? <sighs> Never mind. I'm not even going to start the whole privatization battle. I'm not even going to do it. That would be the slippery slope for this morning for me to go off on the rails and do all that kind of stuff. But we'll, uh, anyway, that's just another interesting thing. So uh, here we go. Here we go again. Another interesting thing. Let's see what's going on. And doing it through eminent domain, that's a, that seems a little hostile to me, doesn't it to you? That they would even suggest just in the bill that they would just take it through eminent domain? That seems a little bit hostile in the long run. But we'll we'll have to see where that goes through. All right, we gotta go. Uh we got more coming up. State Senator Mike Shower at the top of the hour. Up next, we're gonna go through some of the other pre-filed bills that are now coming up with the session. Only six days away from the start of the legislative session. It's going to be, buckle up, buttercup. It's going to be an interesting one. Here we go. The Michael Luke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these uh, entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Um... Waste of time. Waste of time. Waste of time. Um, um, Yeah, Bill, if you've had, I've had those, if you're talking, did you get a uh, Bill's talk? I was asking Bill about his procedure for his back, for his injections in his back. Is that the bilateral injection? Is that what you got was the bilateral steroid injection? Uh, Because I've had those. And boy, howdy, did they... Uh, did they help? They definitely helped when I when I needed it the most. It definitely helped. 
So I'm hoping if that was what you got, I know that that will give you some relief, especially in the short term, but even in the long term, it will give you some definite relief. Absolutely. Um, uh, all right. Let's see. I think when Shower can't show, you should get Naresh, his chief of staff, on. That would be fun, says Gail. Well, I mean, yeah, except they nobody ever wants their staff to go on. They don't want to put them under that kind of scrutiny or microscope. Uh, Brian says air quotes on that, please, on that phrase. I don't know what phrase it was, Brian, but that caught my eye. Um, thank you, says Terry. Who gives two poops? <laughs> Who gives two poops about what some building or facility or ship or dining hall or, you know, flower or work bench in some park? Who cares what it's named? Who cares, you know? Who cares about any of that? Uh, Amy says, who's going to pay for it? Oh, Amy, here's what you do. You go into uh, this little room in your house. It's called the, the bathroom. And you look over the sink and you look in the mirror. That's who's paying for it. And, and that's the thing. How much, is it, how much does it cost to rebrand a whole facility? Right? I mean, how much does it cost to brand a whole rebrand business cards for the people that work there? Uh, you know, full websites, all the letterheads, um, you know, the physical, you know, do they have to put a statue of him up there? You know, do they have to put it on big letters on the side of the building? Uh, you know, do they have to, I mean, how much is involved in that? What is the cost of something like that? Um, Michael says, I would just vote it down because it means absolutely nothing. What a waste of time. Um, almost as good as when Juno came up with Marmot Day. That was the big thing that got done. Yeah, I mean, you know. Wait, I thought it was Congress Critter. It, they are Congress Critters. They're you, lemmings. Lemmings. Uh, good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, it's... <laughs> I'll just leave this here. That's Brian's comment on the assembly infighting. It's not fighting. It's four. Um, good morning, good morning, good morning. Um, let's see. Those are yard apes, not marmots. Um, Hoffman never does public meetings. He's not in control if he hasn't had a town hall meeting since 2002. And how does he keep getting real? That's inertia right there, baby. That is apathy and inertia is what that is. That, that was just, yeah. Um, if the state wants a port, maybe they should think about buying up the Point McKenzie port and developing that. Yeah. Um, it was a steroid injection right in the freaking tailbone. They used the CT canner. I, that's exactly what I've had. Not in the tailbone, but bilateral on both sides of my lowest vertebrae. It definitely helps. Definitely helps when I was in some of the most excruciating pain of my life. 
Um, okay. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, first class city. Put first class city in air quotes. <laughs> oh man, it's just so crazy. Um, we rebranded, this is Jim, we rebranded an elementary school in North Pole, but kept the roads and other businesses with the old name. I mean, because oh, oh, the whole place is all around it is all named the original name, and now they've changed the name. I mean, why? Why do you? Yep, don't understand, man. Do not understand the appeal. When I'm dead, I won't care. I'm just saying right now, when I'm dead, I won't care what my name is doing because I will be on to other things. It just, you know, I just just don't know. Don't know at all. What is the point? Okay, uh, we got to go. Uh, we're jumping back into it. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like, share, subscribe, ring the bell, do all the stuff. Let's get to it. Here we go. No, I mean now. Here we go. Okay, um, this is the perfect comment. We were just talking about the name change at the Port of Anchorage, Port of Alaska, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, somebody said, why do you, why care about this? Why care about having somebody's name? And, uh, and politics in the chat room says, why care? It's only other people's money. I mean, okay, so if you're going to name a building or a facility or something after someone from the very start, you know, a grade school or something, okay, great, from the very start, fine, we did it, we decided it's, you know, Joe Reddington Middle School or whatever it is, okay, great, great. But when you're going to go ahead and keep changing things around and renaming things down the road, it's just a waste of money. I mean, I don't know how much it costs. 100000 bucks, maybe, you know, in the long run. Website revamp and everything else. And Like I said, business cards for everybody that works there because no longer can it just say the Port of Alaska or Port of Anchorage. It's got to be the Don Young Port of Anchorage. And, you know, but then you got to put a building. You got to put signs up. You got to maybe a statue of Don Young out on the middle of the pier somewhere or something. I don't know. But what is it? <laughs> What difference does it make? Um, <clears throat> just one of those things. All right. Well, let's uh, let's take a crack here at uh, some of the bills that have been pre-filed for the legislative session. And this will just be a little bit of a tease. Mike Shower will be covering, I'm sure, some of these things coming up in the next segment uh, because he's going to be joining us for hour two of the uh, big radio program for today. We'll be talking with him about that. Um, and, of course, we know already what some of the big issues are going to be. Uh, the, the Last month, the end of the year, uh, the ADN ran an article talking about some of the big things that uh, are going to happen. 
Um, but, you know, we know that it, it you know, even the article even quotes Governor Dunleavy in December uh, when they asked him about his sales tax proposal that he talked about earlier in 2023, but never delivered to anybody. He said, well, we're now in an election year. I don't know how much momentum is going to occur this year. I mean, they just already know this is going to be probably as close to a rubber stamp as you can get. I, I would I would predict at this point they're going to try and rush through this thing and get it done as quickly as possible so they can get back out onto the street to run for re-election for next year. That's I could see that already, you know, for for this year's re-election for next year's session. Um, but of course, the big ones we know about, right? So school funding, that's going to be huge. Uh, I'm sure it's it's already going to be the it's already going to be the 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 big push. You can see it already. They're still talking about it. There's still a lot of you know uh, angst about all this stuff. Uh, no, you know, no, no accountability in any of those things. And I'm sure we could talk with Mike about that because I know that at one point he had offered an amendment um, to one of the school BSA funding questions where he basically said, "Hey, we'll vote for it. Just uh, you know, let's put some let's put some accountability and some requirements in here that the money has to go into the classroom or there has to." And he just that went nowhere, nowhere. Um, also, of course, the PFD, as it has every year since 2016, what is it? So we're now we're into the eighth year now that that will be bandied about instead of following the formula that's in statute and following the law, they're going to bat it around like a wiffle ball, uh, for, you know, probably the length of the entire session, however long the session is, whether it's 90 days or 120 or 200, whatever it is, I'm sure that will be the one uh, issue that continues to suck up. All the oxygen in the room will be the PFD. Um, and, of course, the uh, the Senate has already spoken. They've said that's part of their fiscal plan. 7525, that's our fiscal plan. They've, I don't think they're, they're going to want to move off that. And they're going to try and strong arm. I, could, I, could, I, I will say that there will be one bone of contention, and that will be the fact that the, that the, that the Senate is still going to try and strong arm the House on this. I could see this still happening. There's so much hubris over there. So much hubris. The walrus is, well, oh, it's my way or the highway. Okay. All right. I got it. Uh, then we're going to talk about, uh, well, they don't call it in the in the ADN article. They say staffing shortages, which I've got questions about this commentary about staffing shortages. Uh, and this, of course, is the proposal to revamp the retirement program and return to a defined benefits program, which, again, by the way, is estimated to cost us, what did Donna say? Donna, you told me earlier, $1.2 billion is the fiscal note on the defined benefits program. Oh, yeah, let's add another $1.2 billion in expenditures to the state budget when we're already mm, six, $700 million down. Let's add another $1.2 billion in, in fiscatory issues. Let's just do that. Um, it, uh, anyway, it's, it's, it's a problem. Now, uh, Ben Carpenter is proposing a new change to the defined contribution plan to bring it more in line with something that's more attractive, apparently with the help from the Reason Foundation, which I hadn't heard about, which is, I'm excited about at this point. 
I keep feeling like anytime we start seeing that kind of stuff, that maybe we're having an effect. I mean, we're having all these people from Reason on all the time and everything else, and now all of a sudden the Reason is helped. I have a feeling that, you know, makes me feel good. Makes me feel like maybe we're making some kind of difference on that. So anyway, defined benefits is a given. Uh, Ranked choice voting. Um, <clears throat> now, the, the battle is going to be with the ballots and everything else. I mean, is it going to be taken on through the legislature? I don't know. Um, Sarah Vance has still got that bill to repeal the ranked choice voting system, although it didn't go anywhere last year, and probably not going to go anywhere this year, more than likely. I would be surprised if anything happened, considering it's an election year. Then you got the rail belt energy issues, which, of course, is the cook inlet, snat- uh, cook inlet natural gas. A lot of these big federal projects where they're going to try and build out more infrastructure for energy and everything else. But that's pretty much those are the big things <clears throat> that are coming down the pike. Now, interesting Um here are some of the pre-filed bills. These are just a few of the interesting ones. Uh, of course, George Rauscher has pre-filed legislation to eliminate royalties paid by producers in the Cook Inlet. So there's your energy bills. That's one of the ones that's going to come forward. Um, the, uh, the Jesse Sumner, uh, the Republican from Wasilla. Maybe I should use air quotes around that. The Republican from Wasilla has a bill that would set aside permanent fund earnings to pay up to 25% for state ownership in a gas line. They want He wants the state to build it or direct it or have a big share in it and basically would lock the PFD into $1,000 per person until the state ownership is paid for, which, I mean, when would that be? Uh, so those are two of the things on the energy side. You've got e- education bills that are out there. Um, they, uh, they've got uh, school funding has been a major topic. Uh, they're set to debate boosting the state's per-student funding formula, the BSA. Two education bills have been pre-filed ahead of the 2024 session. Currently, the state is limited to using eight years of out-of-state teaching experience as a substitute for in-state experience. Rebecca Hemshoot, a representative Hemshoot, um, is a non-affiliated legislator from Sitka. That's she's a Democrat that would eliminate those restrictions. Uh, Will Stapp from Fairbanks, a Republican, introduced a bill that would create a fund to address the University of Alaska's deferred maintenance backlog, estimated to be over one point four billion billion dollars. Uh, it would set aside uh, the bill would follow the university's own strategy, which would set aside thirty five million dollars each year to maintain older buildings. I mean, why they even allow this kind of stuff to happen? We should have Will on to talk about that because that just is. Uh, Senator Forrest Dunbar, run, Forrest, run, pre-filed legislation to study how, how psychedelic medicines could be used to address Alaska's mental health crisis. Now, this is an interesting thing to me personally because uh, I have some friends uh, that have uh, advocated for psilocybin use and MDMA and other things for the treatment of PTSD. Reason had a whole thing on this, uh, how they're finding that uh, PTSD and depression can be treated with you know, ketamine and psilocybin and MDMA and some of these other things. Um, I don't know why we wouldn't do that. Why would, I mean, just if, if it will help people, I'm I'm for that. 
there's clinical trials that are encouraging uh, to see how some of these medicines can be used for those kind of treatments. Uh, this would uh, be a bill in both the House and the Senate that would direct the new task force to examine how to legalize and to regulate those situations. So, I mean, it, you know, it's not just willy-nilly. That's an interesting bill. Um, and more. I guess we'll uh, we'll pick this up with Mike Shower on the other side. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Brian says it's good to know George Rauscher is still alive. I mean, yeah, you just haven't heard much from him. Um, all right. Why not pay people their PFD and allow them to invest in the gas line? Well, Barbara, let me tell you why. Because that would allow them to make their own decisions. And don't you know, silly owl, that that... That's not the best. They know better than you how to, how to spend that money. That's the thing. You know? I mean, that's the thing right there. That's the whole that's the whole point. Um could psychedelics be used to address the legislator's anti-PFD stance? Question mark. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a good question. That is an absolute that's an excellent question. Oh man. Well, I'm interested to see. I mean, I, I am seriously interested in because I have had some friends, uh, former veterans who have used um, some of the they've been part of some of these uh, psychedelics and uh, the the psilocybins and some of these other things for the treatment of PTSD and some of the other issues. And there's been some really encouraging stuff, some very interesting things. And I, for one, um I, for one, think that that it's a it's a time to take that stigma away and allow people to to try it out uh, and to see if those kind of treatments can be done on a much larger scale. I'm you know I want people to be healthy. I want people to you know get out of their minds and be ready to go. Right to try. Yeah, exactly. Brian just said the right to try. That's what it is. It should be the right to try. If I want to try it and I'm not hurting anybody else, then I should be able to try it. I've seen how I've seen how these things affect people in their lives and how just traumatic and painful it is. Okay. Um let me get uh let me get this let me get this squared away here. I forgot I got a uh shower is not coming in via video today. He's coming in via phone, so I gotta make sure that uh disconnect that, disconnect that. Okay, I think I got I think I got it. I think I, I got it. I think I got it. Let's see if we can get. Uh, um, all right, there we go. Let's uh, let's get Mike Shower. Let's get Mike Shower on the phone, shall we? Let me get him on the telephone right now. Let's see if we can get him go scored away. We'll get this done early. That way we know it's all good to go. Oh, well, that's disappointing. Uh, let me try it again. <clears throat> No, it says the call is forwarded. Um, uh, let me see what's going on here. 
I cannot talk and type at the same time. Um, okay. All right, we'll 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 try this out here in just a second. Uh, let me go. Maybe he's having a bad hair day. Uh, Jeffrey says he has a friend who microdoses, and I don't know if that's on psilocybin or LSD, to keep his bipolar in check. People have done both. People have microdosed both on psilocybin mushrooms and on LSD uh, to keep things in check. And uh, you know, it's. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm all for it. I am all for that kind of stuff. Whatever it could take to make these people feel better. I just, I hate to see anybody in pain or struggling with that kind of stuff. It's just, it's astonishing. Um, uh-oh, my phone just going. Uh, okay. Let me try this again. It says he's around. Let me see if I can call again. Hello? 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 All right. You have me on... Nope. He hung up on me. Had me on permanent ignore. Had me on permanent ignore. Try this again. Try this again. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear you. I could hear you before. I thought I was on permanent ignore or something. No, my phone is not cooperating this morning. <laughs> no, it literally did not even ring. It just went straight, said forwarded straight to voicemail. I was like, okay, uh, that's how it is. Uh, I kept touching the screen and stuff going black, and then it went white, and then it was black. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Whatever. We'll make it happen. Uh, <laughs> all right, my friend. Uh, how's everything going? How, how's it been? Been a been a been a hot minute. It's been good. It was uh, it was a good holiday season. Loved it. All of our kids, grandkids, one were here visiting, so we had them all under one roof for kind of the Christmas, New Year's. It was great. It's, it's been really good. It's been very nice. I'm working still, but it was uh, it was a really good break, man. Oh, good. Enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm glad, man. That's uh, that's important to get a little bit of that stuff in there. So we're gonna. Uh... Uh, we'll we'll chat about all that kind of stuff and uh, and get things going on. So I'm going to put you on hold for a second here. Don't go anywhere. Uh, I can't hear you now, so you're on hold. Just hang out, and we'll be we'll be to you here in a, just a hot second uh, as we get ready. We are about uh, 30 seconds out from restarting the show. Okay. Um, all right. Well, we're ready to go. Hour two, State Senator Mike Shower. We'll talk about some of the things that are coming up. And we'll just riff. I guess we'll just riff about everything that's happening. Don't go anywhere. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. The Michael Duke Show continues. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal.
Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Live around the world on the interwebs at MichaelDukeShow.com and across the state of Alaska on this favorite radio station and or FM translator. Good morning, my friends. Hump day, middle of the week. Ready for that downhill slide to Firearms Friday? Yeah, me too. I'm ready to go. Uh, Joining us this morning uh, for the first time, uh, 2024, in fact, we missed him at the end of the year, uh, is our friend State Senator Mike Schauer, who comes on to join us this morning to talk about uh, wood ticks, lunatics, and politics. I don't know if, how all those things work, but uh, we're going to get the we're going to get the full rundown here this morning. Mike Schauer, uh, state senator from District O, joins us uh, for these kinds of discussions, and let's uh, just kick things off right now. Good morning, my friend. How are you? Good morning. I deal with at least two of those three things on a regular basis. Well, let's see. Uh, there's no wood ticks in the uh, in the thing, so there must be. <laughs> Must be something. Ding, ding, ding. Winner. Winner, winner. Chicken dinner. All right. So I guess we should get caught up from the end of last year. Uh, you and I, I guess last time we talked, we really didn't talk about politics. It was end of the year, uh, going up into the holiday break and everything else. So how how was your vacation? How was the holidays? How's how's things been going in the life of Dozer? Is it, uh, is it uh, you know, is it all you've dreamed of and more? <laughs> well, you dreamed of. But like I was telling you on the break, it was first time in probably a decade where all of our kids and grandkids were up visiting had them all under one roof for uh, christmas new year's holiday season so you know we we were talking about just that how i really love that time of year you know the christmas lights putting them up and the all the stuff you do and we just had a lot of fun it was a really nice break great to have all the kids like some grandkids because that's just something that's just too rare you know, being up here and people traveling and all that. And, um, you know, no doors had blown up, you know, had blown out of, uh, aircraft fuselages <laughs> yet. So, you know, they were able to travel back and forth freely. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, so that was good. And, uh, you know, it was good. But anyway, it was really nice. Like I said, no politics, didn't do too much of that and, uh, focused on family. We had a good time. How about you? How was it? Uh, it was blissful. Um, I think in the, what was it? I guess it was uh, 12, 13 days or whatever it was that I was officially on vacation. I left the house exactly twice and only because <laughs> my wife told me to. Uh, she asked me to go. I had to go get my son at one point and I had to go buy something for some last minute ingredient that, of course, I said, do you have everything? I have everything. And then the next morning it's like, oh, my God, I don't have this. So, uh, you know, I had to go get it. Luckily, that was a two minute jaunt down the road to Three Bears and I was back uh, back at it again. But. You know, it's uh, it was great. Um, it's always I find that to be the most restorative time of the year, the most restive. Um, I put everything out of my mind, all my worries and everything else. I just said, I'm going to focus on that on January 2. And between now and then, I'm not even going to think about those things. And that is really it's one of those times when it's just a mental load off. I don't know how I do it every year because I got a lot of stuff going on, a lot of balls in the air. 
But there's always I somehow I'm able to just pull that plug out and say, not even going to think about it for two weeks. And uh, it was blissful. That's always I always feel a lot better after that period, because then I can go back to worrying for the rest of the year. You know, 50 weeks a year I can worry. And then two weeks a year, I just uh, you know what? Why me worry? No, it's just it's good. So I feel better, made a few decisions, you know, thought about life, did my New Year's resolution, and uh, and here we are. Did you did you do any New Year's resolutions? Hey, you kidding me? No way. Zero. <laughs> I just, yeah. did you resolve to survive uh, until next New Year's? Is that the, that's pretty much the only resolution? I, I decided I was not going to be, you know, in the circus. No, wait a minute, I'm doing that. I'm not going to deal with lunatics. Wait a minute, that's not an option. <laughs> Just, no, I don't have any, I have no uh, New Year's resolutions. I've never really done that. I'm just like, you know what? 2024 is going to be a new year. I know this is going to be a pretty wild ride, I think, based on everything that's happening statewide, national, international. Um, it's going to be a crazy year, Mike. So yeah. I think, yep. um, you know, where do you prosper? Where do you focus? Um, you know, it's just going to be interesting. Like I said, it's a, it's a rebuilding year for the, uh, you know, Senate minority. So, right. uh, like a, you know, NFL team that, uh, you know, um, needs to have some good new hires. Yeah, they, yeah. Good, uh, you're not. Ex- that's or, right. You're not expecting a Super Bowl win out of a team who's in a building year. I mean, even I know that. I'm not a football guy, but even I know that you don't expect much out of a team that's in a building that's in a building cycle. Um, well, so maybe we should start there, Mike. Maybe we should start by building some expectations for this upcoming session. Now we've talked about it a bit here on the program over the last, uh, you know, eight nine days. Uh, you know, of course, the session starts uh, in a week, uh, Tuesday of next week. Uh, the session starts and, uh, you know, I know a lot of people come back, uh, you know, after last year and the disappointment and things that went on and they're like, okay, well this year we'll get them. Uh, but I mean, I, again, I think we need to, I think we need to manage expectations because nothing has fundamentally changed. The makeup of the bodies have not changed. The organization and the leadership of the body have not really changed. So, um, how different, do you really expect it to be this year from last year? Uh, give us, give us, manage some of our expectations here. Yeah, I think, I think your audience, Mike, I mean, most of the time you have about the same people. I mean, you know, the, the ones that comment, I mean, I know there's others listening. Um, so they're, um, your regular listeners are not going to be surprised or shocked. And they're, they're a little more educated on the politics and what's happening than the average bear in Alaska. So, um, I don't think that anything we would say this morning, they're going to go, oh, I didn't expect that to happen. So there's nothing like that, which I think is a good, you know, kind of the spoiler alert um, end of the movie at the beginning. So we, like you said, no leadership changes in the body, um, no uh, uh, shuffling as far as uh, who's in what positions, no changes to committees. There's some new bills that will be dropped, but most of those won't go anywhere. Um, like always, because, you know, filing a bill, there's, there's a few legislators infamous for that, you know, that file bills and never even bother to do anything with them. It's like, I filed a bill for that. Well, did you do anything? Did you ask for a 
committee hearing? Did you get it moved in any committees? And, you know, did you get it through the other body? Because once you get through one, you got to start over again in the other one. Um, and so, you know, it's a long process anyways. And when you introduce bills, which I'm going to do, but I'm kind of introducing bills really at this point, especially being in the minority because they won't touch any of our bills, uh, is, you know, it's it's kind of a talking point. It's getting it into the public awareness. It's seeing if any of your house uh, you know, friends might pick it up and start running with it uh, since it's a more friendly body because it's actually has a majority of Republicans in the House. And <gasps> shocking, Mike, the Republicans are actually in charge of the House, unlike the Senate, which has a slightly different flavor where apparently a lot of Republicans are more aligned <laughs> with some very left wing Democrats. So right. while there are more Republicans in the Senate, as some of your listeners, most of them, I'm sure, are aware, there's actually a Democrat majority control so the math doesn't work out so well for the senate um, but like you said nothing's really changed so you know the bills that are going to file like in our case a lot of it's just going to be to start raising awareness to it and then hope that next year um maybe there will be a republican you know body uh maybe you know in the senate who knows um and, and a better chance of moving some stuff so that's that's part of it, um, but there would be a mad dash scramble on the bills that exist already, right, from last year because, you know, as as you know, and most of your listeners do, once your bill, if it doesn't make it in the two-year session, it dies. Everything dies and you start over. Uh, so you put a lot of work into it, like my election bill, you know, a couple of years, a year and a half ago or so, you know, we got it all the way to the floor after, what, four or five years of work, and uh, then they Christmas treat it with a bunch of stuff, and we essentially had to kill it because um, it just had a whole bunch of garbage in it like they do to it and uh unfortunately at the end uh, we just we just couldn't pull it off uh, even though we got it to the floor so that happens um with all the work but you know at the same time you know sometimes as the saying goes the best thing a legislative body can do is nothing and, you know uh, kind of like the hippocratic go through talked about for the doctor first do no harm so uh or what was one of the founders of that forget which one he said um the people are safest when the legislature is not in session. So <laughs> there's a lot of great quotes uh, to talk about. But yeah, folks, don't expect anything big or earth shattering. You know, the PFD is going to be small again, I'm sure. Although I predict, as we have every year, Mike, last year, you know, they everybody had, you know, two years. And so like in the Senate, you see them abuse their political power and, and hose their Republican colleagues, taking the unprecedented step for Senator Hughes and myself of not even handing us a committee, which I don't think has ever happened in that body um, for any minority member. They always get some work, right? So there's that. Um, so I think that, um, you know, we'll probably see a slightly softer approach to certain things. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if a few more legislators fall back in love with the PFD again, because they got to go home and tell people how they love it, even though they voted, they all voted against it in the Senate last year. Um, so, you know, there'll be some softer probably on the PFD. We'll see. Um, there's going to be, I think, uh, some people with some rhetoric for how, you know, well, you know, they're, minor, they're, they're fine. We don't, we don't really, we didn't really mean to, you know, silence the voice of 120,000 Alaskans like they did to us. Um, there'll be some scrambling probably of covering your rear or CYA as it goes. Um, there's going to be some hard votes for some of them. Because some of them are going to have to go back that, you know, said they they really believed in this or they believed in that. And it's like, you know, going to the Republican convention, you know, you're like uh, a, a good example of this, Mike. So, you know, the day before the session starts, because they can't fundraise during the session, legislators can't. 
there's the, I think it's nicknamed the Senate and House Republican fundraiser held by the Juno Republican Women's Club. And I'm like, how can you possibly, how can you possibly, Mike, if you have an R in front of your name, Republican as an elected official um, or a Republican, you know, muckety muck in the party. How can you possibly hold a Senate Republican fundraiser? Because most of the Republicans gave power to the Democrats. And so you're going to raise money for them as Republicans to what? To watch them go back and allow the Democrats to have power again? That's, that's uh, your plan. You know, Ghostbusters, that's, you know, follow me. I have a plan. Get yeah. Yeah, I've said yeah. that on the radio. Program. That's your plan. I mean, come on, guys. I mean, let's let's get a little more realistic here. If Republicans are going to campaign as Republicans. They're going to they're going to tell you they're Republican. They're going to say they support the principles of the party. And then the whole time they're elected in Juneau, they join with the Democrats, act like a Democrat, vote with the Democrats. How come you're still supporting them? How come you're still fundraising for them, giving them money? And I know there's a lot of Republicans, Mike, in the party up the up the food chain that, well, as long as they have an R in front of their name, it's fine. I'm like, no, it's actually it's really not because they're not governing like Republicans. What's that's, the point? That's like the, that's like the that's like the weakest thing I've ever heard. Well, as long as they have an R instead, you know, well, I can call myself a, a toaster doesn't mean that I can that I can toast bread. You know what I mean? Did you it's, assume the culture of a toaster, Mike? I, I How did. Dare you? I, How I, dare you? I like them toasters. They're sexy. I should have married a toaster is what I should have done. Uh, shiny. I know, shiny. All right, Mike Showers, our guest. We're coming up on the break. We're going to uh, – We're going. To, Denise in the chat room just said, just write the check and give it to the Democrats. I mean, that's it's essentially what you're doing. <laughs> if you're giving that money to them, it's exactly – They're going to govern you, that way. That's I mean, exactly yeah. what's going to happen. All right, well, we're up against the break, so let's jump into it. And then when we return – State Senator Mike Schauer will continue with us. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We're back with more right after this. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show slash live if you want to be part of the chat room. That's where you can go out this morning and check us out. Back with more right after this. Listened to by more staffers in Juno than any other show. Because their bosses told them to. And after what they just heard, oh man, they're gonna be pissed. You're a bad, bad man. The Michael Duke Show. Okay, we're in the break right now. State Senator Mike Shower is our guest. Brian says a coffee maker would have been a better choice. Okay, I'm a coffee maker. I mean, I can I can filter that stuff right through me. Doesn't mean you want to drink it when it's over, okay? It just doesn't mean it's that, sludge, Mike. It's, it's sludge. sludge, sludge. You definitely do not want to drink the coffee that's coming out of me as a coffee maker. Um, no, I mean that it's just insane. It 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 is, and this has been my challenge. You know, we've changed out a tremendous number of the of legislators. Sixty percent of the legislature in the last. Five, six years have been changed out. And yet we're we're running up against the same things over and over and over again because there's a specific group of players in there that they're not getting changed out. They're not even getting challenged in their elections. I mean, it's just there's just no 
and and so surprise, 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 it's more of the same. And Mike, I quite honestly don't know how to. I mean, first of all, for example, just for as one example, the chair, uh, co-chair of uh, finance, uh, is from Sitka. I don't broadcast in Sitka. I mean, nobody down there hears what I have to say unless they're picking it up on the internet. And so can we even have a voice down there? Are those people, they're so, it's like a suburb of Seattle. They're more probably connected to Seattle than they are to Alaska. Does it really matter to them? Uh, Or are they just fat, dumb, and happy, and they're just going to keep sending the same guy back over and over and over again? I'm just, I I don't, I don't even know, I don't know how to affect those things. I don't know that you can, Mike. I mean, I mean, the reality is, like you said, they keep sending the same people back. And it doesn't really matter what that person does. It doesn't matter in a lot of these cases, it seems, that they don't care how they vote. They don't care. I mean, not everybody, obviously. I mean, you know, the the race, the 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 Senate district you're talking about, I mean, that race has had a challenger the last couple of times. That challenger always hits about 30%, never gets more than that. And so, you know, there's some people, you know, three out of 10, you know, or 35, you know, maybe a third that don't like you know, what's going on, but you know, all it takes Mike is 50% plus one, you know, and that person goes back. So, um, and without a strong challenger or a challenger that can't break more than a third of the vote, that's not going to change. That doesn't matter what district you're in. You know, that could be any district. I mean, my district, you know, I mean, I had a Republican challenger, didn't have a Democrat challenger. They knew they weren't going to take this district. It's right. not, it was not worth their time. Although, um, although I will yeah. say, that's been very interesting here. The Matsu, one of the reddest districts in the state, uh, you know, probably the Matsu and the KPB are, are probably neck and neck for who's the reddest uh, district in the state. And yet we've got, you know, rep- we've got D- David Wilson and Jesse Sumner, both of whom have, in my opinion, this is not Mike Shower, this is Michael Dukes, uh, have made some very questionable decisions and supported some very questionable policies that you know, again, call into question the veracity of their credentials as a Republican. I mean, I'm, I'm seriously saying that. Here we are, the reddest districts in the state, and this is what we're sending down there to Juno. That's problematic. We, we still could clean our own houses. We don't necessarily have to focus on Sitka or Kodiak slash uh, uh, Homer or whatever. We could be focusing right here in the Matsu being like, what? Come on, guys. Seriously. Well, you know, there's some dynamics that are interesting politically, Mike. You know, you, you mentioned red districts and who's elected and how they go down and what they do. And, you know, the reality is in a lot of cases, especially the off-year elections, um, if you have a an election where you have a really contentious, which we're going to have this year, obviously, presidential race, um, it really pulls, you know, you know, again, your audience is smart on this. I mean, it pulls a lot of people to the polls. And so you get that down ballot, you know, effect where, let's say, Trump and Biden are on the presidential poll, but you're going to get a lot of conservatives, probably Alaska, showing up. But in an off year, what happens over and over? You get union-heavy, more pro-government types, pro-union, not the unions are all bad, but, you know, I'm talking on leadership and what do they do? They give their people time off to vote. They tell them how to vote. And and it has an effect. I know we got to stop for the bell, but we'll pick it up after the break. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to say. All right. So we're going to we'll we'll continue this discussion on the other side and uh, go from there. I also want to get an update on your election bill and the election report. I'm interested to hear something about that. You may not have an update or you may have 
I mean, that may be part of it. Maybe no update may be the update. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like, share, subscribe, ring the bell. Let's do it. The Michael Duke Show. Seriously humorous with a pinch of intellect. <laughs> pinch of intellect. Sorry. That is humorous. Here's Michael Dukes. That's just hurtful, man. I mean, I just I can't believe I paid that guy to do th- That's just. Uh, welcome back. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio. Hello, my friends. It's Wednesday. Hump day. Middle of the week. We're ready to get back into it. State Senator Mike Schauer is our guest. During the break, we were just talking about, you know, kind of more of the same, how things are probably not going to change, that we've attempted to make some changes. I mean, I mean, we, the royal, the royal we here on the program have tried to, to influence some changes, and I think we've done a pretty good job. The Charter of Changes has said, you know, number one, change out the players, and we've done that. We've changed out over the last five, six, seven years. We've changed out 60% of the legislature. Yet things continue to move down a certain path because, in part, the there are a handful of players that have remained that are the business-as-usual guys. And um, we can't necessarily affect – I mean, I don't broadcast in Sitka uh, where where a lot of this – you know, p- people aren't hearing the message about what's going on with their, with their senator uh, to know what's really happening. And they just seem to be fat, dumb, and happy and okay. But we do have – I mean – Red districts here in the Matsu, we've got two legislators, in my opinion, Jesse Sumner and David Wilson, who have, again, questionable credentials as conservatives. And I'm wondering about that. So, uh, you know, is there still room to grow, Mike? Is there still changes to be made? Is it is it all about, you know, presidential primaries and off year elections? And, you know, what's what's your take on this? Look, I'm not going to pick on, especially in the Matsu, you know, the, you know, I know you're mentioning names and that makes it really hard for me to work with people. You know, if they That's think me. I'm talking it's not about you. them, it's, okay, I'll well, be, let be me, clear, let, though, let Mike, me be clear. Because... Let me be clear. That's my opinion, not Mike Shower's opinion. So, but let's talk about the ultimate makeup of the, of the legislature from the various districts. What can still change, I guess, is my question. Right. But here's the point I'm going to make, Mike, and this is kind of important. And when you say that, it's fine. I'm just going to anchor on it because I want anybody that's listening in Juno. And as we both know, they do, because I've heard this over and over. We don't care what you say. Well, then all they do is talk about what I say. I uh, thought so you didn't care about it. So when names are mentioned here and I, people all tell us, call them out and say names. I'm like what you're doing is putting me into a square corner. Because then they say, I didn't talk about them, or if you said something and I didn't defend them, then they get their their feelings hurt, and then they don't want to work with me, and then it's my fault that I'm sitting in the minority because I don't do whatever I'm supposed to do um, the way it's supposed to be, Mike, right? And so, and then your listeners are, well, we want to hear names. I'm like, for what? If I, if I stand up for the principles, um, you know, what we believe in as Republicans or conservative value, what happens? Well, that worked out well. I get stuck in a minority. You know, if names are mentioned, then we'll leave. Then they blame me. Then it's my fault. It's not their fault for joining with Democrats or they want a binding caucus or, the, you know, that we stand under principles and they, they can't rely on our vote for the budget. Well, if it's a bad budget or you don't follow the law on the PFD or you force me to commit political suicide, of course, that's going to be a problem, right? I mean, like you're talking about these people voting in these districts, like they go vote against the PFD all day long. It never seems to matter. They just get reelected, like you said. So here's my point. I'm just I'm saying that for a minute because I want this on the recording. I want staffers that are listening to hear this. I'm not talking about individual legislators, what they do, 
how they govern, Mike, even if they join with Democrats, that's on them. That's not on me. That's not my fault. That's a choice they made. And their constituents are the ones that need to deal with them. Their constituents, if they don't like what they're doing, are the ones that need to step it up and find somebody to run against them and support them. We say this all the time, but this is one of our constant complaints, isn't it? Is that, well, people get angry, but they don't get angry enough to donate to a, a good challenger's campaign. They don't get angry enough to show up on weekends and walk. Usually you're relying on, you know, like four or five, six strong volunteers and everybody else just talks a lot. You don't see them get on there and spread their message on social media. You don't you don't see people step up. And that's kind of what we were talking about in the break, Mike, where you said, well, why are we dealing with the same people? Well, because the average citizen doesn't get involved in elections. They have a thousand reasons. I'm just as guilty 10 years ago. I complained. I didn't step me. I was busy. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of stepping it up a little more than I probably want to in the last seven years. Um, but the reality is, Mike, is that, you know, we don't really as a citizenry, we don't really get involved. We complain. Some of us vote. But like we were saying in the break when the bell rung, it's like, you know, the bell rung. Help me out. Ralphie, that's a Christmas story, right? But the bell rung. I have to go inside. Um, and the the people don't show up. And when you have, these, especially these off your elections, like this is a good example, Anchorage coming up, right? Lost Anchorage. Here we go. They purposely put this into an April election cycle. And now it works really to the advantage of the leftist. Why? Because the unions are well left to center, especially I don't talk about the average union member. A lot of union members like myself, or I think are average regular old Americans love their country, you know, don't want to see a lot of the leftist garbage that the big unions with their money and the leadership support. Um, but they know they can, they're going to give their people a day off to go vote. They're going to give them flyers. They're going to tell them how to vote. And they're going to get their people out to do that. The average worker that wouldn't vote that way, they're stuck working. They don't have anybody helping them out, telling them what to do. They're not getting extra time off from the union. The unions are filling them full of all kinds of propaganda, right? So it's a challenge, Mike. I mean, I'm not, this, none of this is meant to be down. I'm not, I'm not going, oh, I'm all depressed. No, I mean, I'm, I'm going to stay um, as engaged and encouraging as I can because, well, we didn't, you know, yeah, that's the whole thing about millionaires, right? You know, they, most of them swing at the bat, you know, like 10 times and they often strike out nine. The thing about them is they never quit. Right. And they keep swinging until they knock one out of the park and then they're good. You know, and a lot of millionaires and others sometimes went bankrupt multiple times. I think I remember Rush Limbaugh talking, he went bankrupt like two or three times, you know, before he kind of really established himself and did good. I mean, but he never quit. Right. So, I mean, what do you say? Well, you know, Mike's just not worth it. My vote just doesn't count. I just don't care. I'm not going to get well. You know, not not making a choice, Mike, is making a choice. Not getting involved in helping good candidates or holding your candidates accountable when they don't do what they promise they're going to do or uh, govern different than how they campaign. Not doing anything, that's a choice. And so Michelle and I are making a choice. It's a painful one. You know, I looked at I've spent almost three years of our lives away from our house and our kids and our grandkids and other things we'd like to be doing almost three years of cumulative days we've spent in Juneau. Yeehaw. That's a lot of fun, right? Taking big financial hit, whatever. And if you his choice, I'm not complaining about it. I say, that's my point is we're stepping it up and it's painful for our family, but we're trying to make a difference and do the best we can. And it really doesn't take that much, Mike. I mean, I've told people get churches involved. Right. I'm Christian. I'm, I'm not abashed about it. I'm not going to apologize. But, you know, imagine if even 
a quarter of the churches stop saying politics or not what we do here. Um, Mike, that would swing most of the elections in the states and the country because you're talking tens of millions of people, tens of thousands in Alaska, where a lot of pastors, oh, we don't do that. We don't do politics. Or they're afraid, you know, oh, we're a 501c3. We can't, we, we're going to lose our tax status. Wrong. No, you're not. All of that is wrong. That conference I was telling you about early on that Michelle and I came back from a couple months ago. Remember, I was so fired the up and all the stuff builder. we were learning. The wall builder. Oh, yeah. It was amazing. And we had a national level speaker, that one guy that has, you know, he's argued like a dozen cases in front of the U.S. Supreme Court, maybe one of the most experienced ones and mostly successful um, in the country right now. And he's like, that's all flat out wrong. He's like, we have the most religious freedoms we've ever had. Pastors and churches can absolutely get involved. And the Supreme Court has, has, has ruled that way. Here, you know, we're going through this all again. I know it is, but it's the start of the new year. So, hey, let's start over, right? It's like, you know, do you have a plan? Well, yeah, our plan is to hold legislators accountable. Our plan is to make sure that we stick to our principles and put in amendments and stuff, and people are going to have to take some hard votes. Our plan is to uh, make sure that people see the truth of what's going on, talk about the bills, um, you know, and the things that are happening out there to keep you aware. Uh, so, you know, and then, you know, hopefully, hopefully um, we will, um, hopefully see some different faces maybe after the November's election. That would be nice. Ones that are going to stick to Republican principles, ones that aren't going to blame, you know, myself and the other two minority members for the fact that we're not sitting, you know, in a majority together and they're going to put around, you know, put away their petty differences about whatever um, and allow us to, you know, join together as Republicans and actually govern. Um, maybe have the freedom to not vote for political suicide because like you said, Mike, what are they always required of us? Well, you need to vote for the budget, and that's the binding caucus, and that's how it's going to be. Well, yeah, but if we vote the way you're going to make the budget and the PFD and other things turn out, well, then we're dead in the water in our district. doesn't matter. You guys can vote however you want, and you're going to get reelected. We can't. You see how that works, Mike? It's just fine for them because they know they're going to get reelected, so they don't care. They want it the way they want it. That's really ultimately why the three of us are in the minority. And I can get, and we've talked about it over the last year. That's, there's no doubt that's it. Are there some personality conflicts because of what's happened? But yeah, there's, a, there's a few. There's always going to be. But adults put that stuff aside, Mike, and they move on because it's time to govern. They don't hose the voices of 120,000 people in a state because they, they had an issue with you two years ago or five years ago. But they will do that if they can't get the budget they want, because that's the priorities for them or the money's going to their district. If they can't, you know, um, rely on your vote. Last time I checked, Mike, my vote doesn't belong to the caucus. It doesn't belong to caucus leadership. It doesn't belong to the Republican Party. My vote belongs to people of my district. And my district supports the full PFD. My district supports a comprehensive fiscal policy. My district re supports judicial reform. My district supports election integrity reform. And by the way, since we're discussing that, look at the, the actions that those Republicans that joined with the Democrats have caused in the Senate. We have a Republican governor that is friendly towards those things I just mentioned. We have a House Republican majority that is friendly, generally, towards the things I just mentioned. That there's 11 Republicans in the Senate, you would think we could get together and get past petty differences in the binding rule to focus on some of those things too and should be friendly toward except it's not what they did was they put those nine democrats many of them far left on the political spectrum in charge do you think mike that we're going to get election integrity through 
the state Senate Affairs Committee where it has to go. When do you look at who's in charge? The chairman called my bill a couple of years ago, a voter suppression bill. He was in my committee. So you think he's going to let that kind of bill go through? Come on. Right. Judicial reform. The Judiciary Committee is run by a far left defense lawyer. And do you think he's going to let judicial reform go through his committee? Most of the policy committees, Mike, are controlled by Democrats. Two of the three finance co-chairs are Democrats. The rules chair is a Democrat, the one that controls the flow of bills. You think you're going to get anything conservative or Republican principle-wise through the body? You're going to get bridge naming bills through. You're going to get committees, uh, you know, where they do like boards and commissions. You'll get those through. You're going to get some moderate things through that either don't mean much of anything or don't do much. You're certainly not going to get anything that the left doesn't like because the Democrats control the flow of bills and the important stuff in the the Alaska State Senate. That's simply the reality, Mike. That's politics. You know, you mentioned names, fine, whatever. But that will be between those people and their voters. That's why I want to be so hardcore about mentioning why. Um, I'm not going to do that because it makes it impossible for me to work down there. And, and right. uh, I had a, a long-serving Democrat. Says, Mike, I don't know how you guys do that. He's like, you're conservatives. He's like, man, you guys make one misstep and it's like a landmine. They just, they just slaughter you, right? Conservatives and, and Republicans, especially certain groups of them, are really good about going after Republicans and other conservatives. If they're not conservative enough or if they don't vote exactly how they want you to or you don't do 100% on that one thing, that one issue voter, right? Well, those Democrats and those moderate Republicans, they just get away with anything. They can do whatever they want, as we're talking about. And they just get, he told me that. He's like, oh, yeah, I can do whatever. So, yeah, I'm going to get reelected. It's fine. And I look like, oh, God, I, dude, I'm like stacked on eggshells. Every radio program, every social media post, everything I say in the legislature, I'm stepping on eggshells. If I don't have the left and the press coming after me, I've got, you know, the people on the far right coming after me or the right or, or I have my caucus. I mean, it's like, goodness gracious. It's like everywhere you turn, what's that path? It's like, you know, everywhere we turn, there's the enemy. He's like, and the colonel was like, well, that's great. You can't miss, you know, you're just a target mission environment. <laughs> doesn't matter which way you So, you know, it's like, it's it's a daunting challenge, Mike. But, you know, it's uh, it's just what it is, brother. It's politics. Well, I, And as people say, it can be a blood sport. Okay, I wasn't trying to put you into a corner, man. I apologize. I I'm just trying to get the... No, it, you no, know, it, no apologies, Mike. No apologies, because it's a good time to start over in 2024 and, and put it out there. And go, you know, here's why. Here's why we're going to say things this way. Here's what we're doing. It's totally fine. You're a free man, Mike. You get freedom of speech. You can say what you want. I just want people to hear, including staffers and legislators. I'm not, they always get accused of this, and that's not what I'm doing. You know, if a radio host brings something, that's fine. They can do that. I'm giving the, the background, the context as we start off 2024. I'm focused on the policy. I'm focused on the bills. Am I going to talk about people's bills? You betcha. Right. Um, and the things well, that are going on. I'm, I got to say, you know, I, I always yeah. find it the weakest intellectual argument when somebody mentions something on a radio show. And just because you didn't come up and personally defend somebody or, you know, may, you just have maybe you just had no comment on it other than, you know, and you didn't even agree with me. You didn't say, oh, he's right. You know, you just didn't you just kind of bypass it and move on and they're like well you didn't defend me so therefore you must be again that's the weakest intellectual argument that i've ever heard on those kind of things you know people got to be able to and a lot of these people won't come on the show to discuss these things so how else are we supposed to know it's it's frustrating in that regard um all right i'm just gonna leave it mike we're gonna move on and i'm gonna talk about other stuff because that's where my focus is going to be it's going to be on policy on bills yeah. Uh, where we need to go to to fix things and do make things better. That's where I have to focus. 
All right. Well, we're going to focus on that in the next segment. I didn't mean to derail that whole segment, but we're going to be back. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We'll return to more in Mike Shower right after this. Listened to by more staffers in Juno than any other show. Because their bosses told them to. And after what they just heard, oh man, they're going to be pissed. You're a bad, bad man. The Michael Duke Show. <laughs> Appropriate liner for leaving that segment. Um, <clears throat> That's right. It is. That yeah. one always cracks me up here, the voices. Well, uh, well because... The it's the truth. I mean, it's the truth. They're listening and they're transcribing everything. And then they're saying, look, you hurt my feelings. Uh, so therefore you're bad. And, and I'm just like you people, you, you, all you, if you can't take the criticism, if you can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen. And, uh, you know, if you but don't, it's a convenient excuse, Mike, yeah. it is a convenient excuse or excuse to shove into the corner. Those that they don't like those that, you know, hold the line of their principles, those that won't go along to get along, those that don't promise their vote as unethical and illegal as that should be um, to them when they when they want it. And so it's an excuse when when you have a smaller group of people that are going to plant the flag in the ground on principle and aren't going to bend on that. When they say, oh, they don't compromise there. I remember one old legislator, you know, oh, their way or the highway. I'm like, no, actually, you're projecting. It's your way or the highway. We're just not going down your highway and you don't like it. So they will look for any excuse they can get to minimize us, to marginalize us, to shove us in a corner so they don't have to deal with us. Mike, they talked about this. I'm going to bring this up too when we get back in the radio as we, as we talk about policies and where things are going is that, you know, it's like, well, um, yeah, uh, you guys didn't vote for the budget. I'm like, that's not true. The Senate, one of the Senate finance co-chairs and the Senate president said that in the early press conference last year, well, we, we just can't rely on them for the vote, the budget. And one of the reporters, I forget which one actually called and said, well, didn't Shower Hughes and Myers vote for the budget last year? The previous, they were, oh, well, I don't know. You know, we'll get back to you on that. Yeah, actually we did. It was the very people sitting on the dice in front of the reporters that didn't vote for the budget the previous year, Mike. Funny how that works. That excuse didn't fly far. Right. Um, it's just it's just back to political suicide. They always require us to they want to know that we're willing to commit political suicide to join that caucus because they want a binding rule. Right. And they know places like the Massa and the Kenai Peninsula, those legislators aren't going to last long. It's, it's something they know, Mike. They've seen it. The history is there. They know we're not going to survive very long because of what I was talking about, how conservatives treat each other and attack. I'm like, I'm looking at some of these groups, you know, on the right side of the political spectrum. Like, Why aren't you attacking moderate Republicans? Why aren't you attacking Democrats? You attack the ones that vote and are more conservative. They may not be exactly what you like, but they are certainly far more so than the moderate Republicans or left to center ones because we got them. And certainly more so than a lot of the Democrats. And we got some far, far left, you know, communist, Marxist, socialist, progressive, whatever's in the you know Alaska legislature, but they don't touch them. So it's a it's a problem for us too, Mike, because you know, most of the people listening to radio, they're either independent, libertarian, conservative, Republican, whatever. And, you know, we tend to eat our own. And so how do you expect a legislator to go down there and navigate that minefield when you don't give them any wiggle room? As soon as they make the slightest misstep, you're out. Start over. Send in somebody new. Great. 
In the meantime, you got the old guard that's been there for 20, 30, 40 years. They know where the bones are buried. They know how to navigate it. And you keep sending rookies down to deal with the old guard that knows what they're doing. And you expect them to win? When, when and it's not like, you know, there's a super majority of new guys showing up that all agree. It's a, it's a handful, right? And you still got to have, as the saying goes, 21, 11, and 1 plus 3 on the Supreme Court. Yeah. Because <laughs> we always seem to forget the courts. Yeah. And we don't, Michael. We keep sending people down because we cycle out bodies because we're not happy enough with them. So be it. That's politics again, but that's hard to go against the guys that have been there for 30 or 40 years. They're not stupid, Mike. They know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, well, and that's and the thing. So, we... And they'll and they'll sell their soul, right? They'll yeah. they'll they'll join with anybody. They'll do whatever. They don't care. They just you want to retain the power. Yeah. They just want to retain the power. Yeah. That's exactly what it's about. T- make tough sure. not to crack, my friend. So some, some of these guys, we just have to wait out, you know, and that's the thing. I mean, like, I think Stevens will be done this time. and I just don't think he's going to continue on and everything else. But that's it. When the only thing they have to do is, you, you know, die or retire, that's the two choices. You're like, okay, so what do we, can we just wait it out and hopefully we minimize the damage between now and then? I mean, is that all we can do? Well, I mean, think about the Don Young effect, right? I mean, I know I, I've mentioned on the program before, I was very disappointed in Don that he never gave up the ghost. He did not allow somebody else, and I say allow, to step, you know, from the Republican side, to step up and mentor them and, and um, endorse them and get them there so they could start building some experience in a base and, and be around for a while. Don had the Friday Night Light Syndrome. He couldn't give up the game. And he died in office, and he gave us this mess. I mean, the reality is, what you really want to talk about, Don Young gave us Mary Potola because he never yeah. stepped down yeah. and allowed somebody to step in. So you can say what you want, but the reality is Don Young gave us Mary Potola. We would have a, at least a Republican, even if it wasn't as one as conservative as we would like. We would have a Republican had Don stepped down three, four, five years ago, and the dean of the house gotten behind somebody, said, you're my man or you're my woman, and got him in there. But he couldn't do it, Mike. Yeah, couldn't and give it up. So, couldn't you know. give it up. Yeah, and that's the power. That's the problem. Power corrupts, and uh, in in that regard, and he just can't step away from it. It's hard to relinquish the reins once you have it. Um, and yeah. and 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 I could see that again because you're convinced that you know better than everybody else how this needs to play out. All right, we're coming up to it. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Okay, uh, final segment here. Uh, Mike Schauer is our guest. <laughs> we ran a little bit of muck there, uh, and I, I didn't get to the points that I wanted to talk about. Uh, and I know, Mike, you wanted to bring a couple things up. Before we go too much farther, I guess I should ask you about the election integrity bill. And I know one of the things you were waiting for was this report, which uh, you've been asking for for, I guess, are we going on two years now? You've been asking for this report? Two years. Three years, Since July of twenty. To twenty, okay. Yeah. So three and a half years. About four. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh. And so, any movement on that? Any? Nope. A- nope. Nothing. Nothing. Nope. You- that report apparently in Alaska is going to be something like the Jeffrey Epstein document. It's going to be the most secure document in Alaska because nobody can get their hands on it, unless it's completely redacted. I don't know what to do, Mike. I've asked everybody up the food chain that can't get it. 
I mean, the only version I've ever seen, I had to sign my life away on a non-disclosure agreement, and I'm not about to do that and then have them hold that over my head. Um, cause I'm pretty sure they're doing that to the person that wrote the report as well. Um, is kind of what I gather. So, um, no, no movement. Can't get it. Doesn't seem to, like I said, it's, it's become the, as far as I'm concerned, it's become the, the Epstein document in Alaska. Uh, it's just like, uh, you just, you're not going to get your hands on it. And there's not much movement, um, as far as, um, the list of things that I provided to people, um, that could be done you know, reg, uh, regulatory wise or policy wise, it didn't need legislative movement, things like the Eric system, we could be out of it, less than half the states are in it now. Um, and it's just a contract, you could just drop it. And we don't need to be in that thing. There's a lot of other alternatives we had for getting information. Um, and you know, you still have a lot of acolytes from the last administration in there, and uh, some very left of center people. And that's the deep state working, Mike, where they go, oh, we're not going to do that. We're just going to wait you out. Oh, yeah, I know there's a new director, but, you know, they're telling the new director how great things are and everything's fine. And what does the new director know? Oh, they say it's okay, you know, and I'm like, no, it's not. We're still overinflated roles, worse than the nation, you know, and yet we can't fix that. So there's a lot, Mike, that goes with it. Long, you know, long answer, short question. Don't have the report. Doubt I'm ever going to see it at this point, um, or at least a non-redacted version that takes out all third. You know, all you know, 18 recommendations are blacked out. Well, that helps me a lot as a legislator do my job. So, and like I said, you know, the thank you very much. You know, Senate Supermajority, the uh, State Affairs and Judiciary Chair aren't about to let um, an election integrity uh, bill go through that um, is not something the Democrats and the left wants. So you're kind of dead in the water that way. You got the House trying, but anything they move over is going to, you know, die in the Senate. And of course, anything the Senate sends over is going to be a left to center document that's probably going to die in the House. That's just politics again, the way it works. So I don't expect any movement there because of who the committee chairs are. I mean, just look at the committees, Mike. Look how they're stacked. So yeah, not going to happen. Judicial reform, not going to happen. Repeal of ranked choice voting, uh, Senate president himself said they're not interested in it. A lot of them like it, so that's not going to happen. Um, and this isn't to be downer. I'm, I'm not, I'm not discouraged at all. Like I know some of your listeners are, I'm just, this is the playing field, right? We got to be honest. We got to acknowledge the battlefield as is, as it is. Um, but what do you do, right? Well, we do part of what we're doing right now. We talk about it. We educate people. We tell them, Hey folks, this is what's going on. This is what's at stake. Try to get some people, maybe a few more fired up to work on campaigns and help hold people accountable. Um, you know, that's part of the strategies. The second part is education, like we're doing now on bills and policy. Tell people what's happening, who did what, how did we vote, getting that out there with them, right? So those are important things that we have to do. Um, and, and some of it is in the citizens' hands, Mike. I mean, maybe I'm hoping here shortly we're going to get an announcement that ranked choice voting um, uh, opponents have been victorious. It sounds like they are. I'm hoping they are. Um, they, they were saying victory over the last two weeks that so they had enough signatures. You know, there's encouraging stuff, Mike, if the people just do it. It's a pretty small organization, and it was outfunded significantly, just like we were those of us that opposed direct choice voting when it got on the ballot, because um, I put a lot of time into it in the last six months, but we still didn't have enough money and momentum to stop it. But we were outspent 100 to 1. And when you include the big unions were jumping in with their people and money, you know, supporting it, plus all the outside dark money. It was crazy. But that may get on the ballot. And I'm sure that if it does, it's going to be 
defeated. That is a national level victory, Mike, if Alaska does that. Why do I say that? Because there's a whole bunch of other states, as Michelle and I have heard at that conference, that are having the same ranked choice voting people trying to push it in other states now because they see it as a right. way of turning the country blue. Right. They're using and Alaska. Alaska they're using them, Alaska as oh, the yeah. example. Oh, look at how oh. well they did in Alaska. Look at what happened there. This is perfect. This is what they need. Mike, if we vote that down, if that makes it on the ballot, if the lieutenant governor gets that certified on the ballot and the signatures are there, Mike, that is a national level victory for us because that's going to stop their narrative of how great it is. A state that just enacted it a couple of years ago has already repealed it because the majority of people don't like it. And it's a vote suppression scheme, which it is. And all of a sudden it derails the national effort. Then you're going to have to fight the national popular vote, right? Because there's a bill for that in the Alaska Senate, which we've got to stop. And of course the house as well. Um, which we will right now. That's not going anywhere short term. But these are just the things that are happening, Mike. They never stop. That's why I said we can't stop. It, we need to train up the next generation. Always something I'm looking for, right? You know, good candidates. One of the ones that announced down in the Kenai Peninsula is a friend of mine, you know, uh, for Ben Carpenter's sake, because Ben Carpenter's running for the Senate, um, is a friend of mine that I flew uh, F-22s with. Good guy. Conservative, solid. Um uh, and so encouraging other good people to step up and run, but seeing that some people are still going, you know what, I'm going to throw my name in the hat. Um, it's worth it. You know, uh, I got to fight for this. I got to fight for my, my community, right. my right. state, my country. And, and, and people are still stepping up, but you and I need that, right? People on your program are, that are listening right now, you and I, we've been in this battle for a while, you longer than me. Um, but you know, you get tired. And sometimes you, you need new people saying, you know what, I got your back, man. I'm going to step up. We had the town hall the other night, pre-session, and most of the same people were there. There's some new ones. You know, there's a few people yelling you know, at you about stuff, and I get that, and that's fine. But there's also the people come up and say, hey, you know, thanks for what you're doing. I know it's hard. I know you guys are sacrificing, but we really appreciate it. And sometimes, like I say, that's important, too, because you get beat down, right? And you see comments even on your program here, and, and most of the time people are so negative. And that's hard to take over and over again. I don't know how, and love or hate Trump's irrelevant, but I don't know how the guy does it. He is attacked so relentlessly, so viciously compared to any president, I think, in our history. And it's like, you do just like water off a duck. It just rolls off his back. I'm like, but that's hard, Mike. It's hard when you get beat down all the time. Sometimes you got to refresh your tank. Sometimes it's nice. You got to recharge the battery and, and some people giving you encouraging words and saying, hey, I know it ain't perfect. I know you haven't been able to do everything you like. I know you've been hit a lot, but hey, thanks for what you're doing. It helps. And it's also great to see new people stepping up. When new people show up at Republican, you know, district committees or at town halls or a new, some new legislators, so they're ringing the hat and go, I'm in. I'm going to give it a shot. This is worth it. That's encouraging, Mike. I mean, so this isn't meant to be, I mean, there's some things we got to talk about and there's going to be some times we get upset and we, you know, we, we get, we get down on some topics, but at the same time, Mike, right. you know, it's the start of a new year. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to just jump out of the ring because there's too much at stake. Right. I just talked about how great it was to have my kids and grandkids, man. That was awesome. Well, why am I doing this, Mike? For them. Right. I don't need this. This is a pain in the, in the Padooty, rear right? end. Yeah. Well, <laughs> right. down to the. It is more of a duty. <clears throat> yeah. We're down to the last 90 seconds here. So I'll give you a chance to summate and wrap up here for expectations for next week's start. Um. Some new bills in play, but they're not going to go very far, most likely. It's going to be, I think it's just, bottom line, folks, it's going to be business as usual. I think status quo 
you're going to see a budget that they're going to say we can't afford, but we're going to take the PFD to afford it and do it anyways. You've got, we really need to talk about this, but we've got weeks coming up. The defined benefit bill, Mike, the one, I think it's uh, Senator Geisel's bill, that's going to crush us. That's billions of dollars. You know, uh, Representative McCabe threw it out, said it was going to be on the chart, I think, $9.2 billion potentially over the next 10 years. That's before Senator Tobin's quarter of a billion dollar education bills add to the mix. And Mike, that's your PFD and then some. You want to know the PFD is going to tell you that's coming, oh, yeah. folks. You want yeah. to see taxes have to pay? That's coming. So these are things we need to discuss because there's there's a lot at stake yeah. in this session if some of these things pass. So we'll keep talking. I know we we talked our way to fill your program this hour, but um, <laughs> it went really fast. It's, <laughs> it's the fastest two hours in radio, my friend. Mike Shower, our guest. Folks, we're out of time. We will continue this discussion tomorrow. Be kind, love one another, live well. The Michael Duke Show. I mean, yeah, there's some big dollar bills coming in there. Billion dollars a year is the fiscal note on that uh, defined benefits bill. And that's just the first one. And I'm sure when you get down into it and you look at the knock-on effects and everything else, it's going to be it's going to be insane. Um, so I guess my last question to you, Mike, is if you were a betting man, put, put your Kreskin turban on here and your crystal ball, whip it out. What do you think for session length? 90 days? 120. I mean, they want to get in and get out like a duck mating, man. They just want to be like, we're funny, done. You're a funny guy. You're a yeah. funny GI, as we used to say. No, they, Mike, we're never going to make 90 days. The only time I've ever seen us make 90 was when they were afraid of dying from a pandemic scare. Um, and they all ran home as fast as we could, you know, because everybody thought, oh, my God, it's Ebola. We're all going to die. So that's the only time. So apparently it takes a little tiny bug to scare us enough to, to live within the 90-day law. But no, we'll stay. We'll probably take it to the last few days. Why do they do that, Mike? It's their MO. They know it's successful. They put pressure on people. Eventually, people cave yep. and they get what they yep. want. So you think they're going to do anything different than what they would do? Like I said, that's the old guard. They've been doing this for decades. They know how to play the game. So, yeah, no, it'd be the same Time. old stuff. It'd be the same argument, PFD against everything else. And yeah. here we go. So I, I don't anticipate any changes. I think it's going to be the same old playbook. That's what you're going to see. Time compression is time compression is a weapon, right? That's uh, that's what yeah, we see. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's effective. Hey, yeah. can't blame them, Mike. Well, I mean, I, they're, if it works, they're using it. And then they're in, and I can't, they're very savvy about it. So you can say what you want about them, but they know what they're doing. It works. Mike Shower. Uh, thank you, brother. It's good to hear from you. Thank you for coming on board. Um, I doubt we'll talk to you next week, right? Unless you want to give us an update on next Wednesday. I don't know if you'll be ready for that or not, but we'd love to hear from there you. There won't be, uh, yeah, there won't be any changes from what we said today, but what I, we'll see. I mean, I'll be down in Juneau, obviously, but um, uh, maybe, and a lot of this is already on top of my head we can talk about, but maybe we can get started next Wednesday and just chat. Not because of anything that's going to have happened within a day or so. I mean, there always could be, I guess. But we can start talking about some of the important bills. I'm not yeah. going to focus on the little, you know, the innocuous ones. But we do need to start getting into the public consciousness where some of these bills are, putting pressure on legislators for things that like those that are going to just break the bank. Um, you know, get it out there so the governor, you know, hopefully is paying attention to it. I know he is. And, you know, he's our ultimate hammer at the end. Some of these things, I hope he's going to come down. If they squeak through the house, hopefully he's going to hammer them down. Um, so we'll see, but, um, yeah, we, we, there should, we should talk next Wednesday. I assume unless I said something weird changes, I'll be there or 
there's no airplane to fly on uh, to get in Juneau, uh, I guess. Always nothing. But well, that's what they we'll make. Du- that's what they make duct tape for. It's all I'm saying. Just just duct tape those panels closed on the outside to make sure. All right. Well, it's my- speed tape, Mike. I've seen it on fighters. It's got to work on airliners. Exactly. Exactly. All right, my friend. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for being here. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right. See you guys. All right. Thanks so much, uh, folks. We are out of time. We will see you tomorrow. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio. Be kind. Love one another. And live well. We will see you then. shed our terrestrial radio skin and now we are slimy lizard internet people it's the michael duke show